I'm going to continue on, on the series, The Kingdom of Heaven, and today I, I would like to share with you the message, The Kingdom of Heaven is Like, and now you can just add in dot, 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 ellipsis, whatever you call those things. You, you, can, you can fill that in, The Kingdom of Heaven is Like, and uh, it, we are, since we are all citizens of heaven, uh, it is enormous, enormously important, I think, that we know uh, what heaven is like. Since we are citizens of a place that we have never physically been, we should want to know what it is like. Uh, heaven is to be lived out and enjoyed now, obviously, because Jesus gives us this amazing information. Now, I use information some, uh, slightly different than some people use it. It's just kind of a bunch of talk. But for me, information is really good because it, it, for us, it is the truth of God that is given to you that it might take shape or form in you. Amen. And so Jesus gives us a lot of information, um, and he tells us, uh, through, uh, through the Apostle Paul, that our citizenship is in heaven. So we know that our citizenship is in heaven. And Paul says, um, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we wait for him to bring heaven's fullness into our present experience. That's what we want Jesus to do, and that's what Jesus has done, really, in reality, as we get to know him better. He brings heaven uh, the fullness of heaven into our experience. So we, we want to, ha to have uh, the experience of heaven while we live on the earth and while there are all kinds of difficult things happening in our daily lives, crazy stuff actually, then we can have the experience of heaven. This is what, because our Father is in heaven, our Savior is in heaven, our blessings are in heaven, you know, everything is in heaven. Our real life is in heaven. So it's also here. So, amen. Go ahead, sister. I'm going to join you. So I would like for you to begin to experience heaven. A lot of Christians uh, do not experience heaven while they're here, it's always drudgery and toil. They're always going through something difficult. and There's a sour look on their faces uh, because they don't know how to apprehend, lay hold of, appropriate, take ownership, make it your own uh, of those blessings that God has given to us. Uh, when, you have, when you can take joy in the midst of sorrow, then you've understood uh, heaven. You've understood what it is like. And so Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven and what it is like by using many things on the earth. If I'm a citizen, of, uh, if I'm a citizen being in a foreign land uh, does not negate it. So since I'm a citizen of heaven being in the earth, it does not negate my citizenship. Amen. A number of years ago, I took my family. I was a, a young man, uh, a young man. I, I took my family to uh, the Middle East to live with me, and we were working uh, there in Egypt, and they, I took them. And while I was there, I was in a foreign land, but I was still an American citizen. And, and in those days, it wasn't so much like it is today. In those days, I knew that if anything happened, my government would come for me. I, I mean, that, that's a, a realization that we had in those days, those of us who were younger. Uh, it may not be so today. But in those days, they would come for just one of us. And so all over the world, you knew that you don't mess with this American citizen because they, they, they believe in the rights of the individual, and they'll come get just one person. Yes, that's right. I mean, that's how I grew up. Maybe, maybe that's foreign uh, to many of you, but that's how I grew up. Well, 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 likewise, that didn't just come to be an American thing because uh, uh, we are America. That did not happen like that at all. It happened because there were believers who framed our thoughts in the, be in the beginning. There were believers who formed our thoughts. They gave us things to think on. And so they gave us the, an understanding of the individual. Well, with Jesus Christ, what we know is that, is that heaven looks out for us. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Uh, the Bible says that we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. So uh, heaven says, it doesn't matter what happens to you, I'm going to bring good out of it for you. Amen. That's what heaven does for you. And so that's a, that's a reality that we need. And, and not just the ones who gave applause right now, but all of those who were pensive about that. It doesn't matter what you're going through, God is going to look out for you. Amen. Amen. 
Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 8, verse 10, uh, which is just my introduction here. It's, uh, he says, to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. So when we talk about uh, the kingdom of heaven, it has been given to its citizens to know the mysteries. It, and so, so many of us don't know the mysteries because we've not taken time to really listen to the mysteries and take notes about the mysteries and record the mysteries. So you must do that and you must rehearse the mysteries. Yes, you, you can do that. And that way you'll know what God expects of you and what God has provided for you, even in difficult times. Oh, God has provided for me. I know it's going to be all right. I remember a song years ago by a man named James Cleveland. Uh, most of you don't know him. But he, he wrote, <laughs> I would say he knows. So uh, James Cleveland wrote, wrote and sang a song that uh, if there's no food on the table, you know, but basically the song says don't panic, you know, don't, don't, don't get everything in a knot, you know. He says, he says uh, go ahead and, uh, and uh, get your, your knife and your fork, get your plate. And he says, set the table, sit down and say the blessing. God will provide. Uh, yes, God will provide. Now, as I continue to introduce my message, uh, when, my, when we lived in Egypt, my, my wife went at one time with the church we were attending to a place called a Lillian Thrasher Orphanage. It was a woman, a, an Assemblies of God woman, who had gone, who had been engaged, and God spoke to her and told her she was not to marry. I mean, boy, you know, good, I'm sure God took care of the poor, jilted guy. But, uh, <laughs> but th that she was to go to, to Egypt, and she went to Egypt and established a, an orphanage there. I think at the time it was the only orphanage in, in the nation. I believe that's right. And uh, she would take all these orphan babies and raise them up. And uh, she actually, they became Christian. And uh, later on, the government realized what was happening and shut it down. But on one, uh, on one occasion, uh, they had run totally out of milk. There was absolutely no milk uh, there for the babies, and the babies were crying. And so Miss Thrasher prayed to God, and she called on God, God provide. So this is heaven expressing itself on the earth. And, and as she was praying, there was a knock at the door. And what had happened, there was a big transport, milk transport. Uh, many of you, have you seen the, the milk transport? No, it all comes in cartons for you, don't. Uh, right now, right? But they had big milk transport uh, trucks like uh, they would have gasoline. And this big milk transport truck that, uh, said, Mrs. Ma'am, Ms. Thrasher, uh, I, I know you're, you, 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 uh, you have this orphanage and these children here. said, my truck just broke down. And it's going to be a while before we can fix it. And by the time we fix it, this milk is going to spoil. Could you use some milk? So that, that, that's how God works. And that's how God wants to work in your experience and, and my experience. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You're going through. The Bible was written so that we, we would have examples of people who were in the same situation that we find ourselves, but you're going to go through. Amen. You're going to go through those things. So we want you to be encouraged. And then we give praise reports. We give praise reports, and we should do that so that people will hear how God blessed you, and God is no respecter of person. These are the realities of the kingdom of heaven. In all uh, three of, of the, I'm going to give three st stories here in just a moment. And in all three of these uh, stories, the principal uh, person who is the landowner, he's a, a certain king and a certain man, uh, all, all the principal has in, in each story has enough wealth to be extraordinarily generous. And so what I, I want all of us to know that you don't have to say, Lord, uh, if you don't do it uh, this way, I'll take less. You don't have to do that. You must pray for what you need, and, and God is going to work it out. So in the stories that I'm going to read here, uh, the principal uh, person in each story is, has enough wealth to be extraordinarily generous. And uh, in, in, these, in these stories, uh, you'll find that, that uh, two of the stories, uh, the principal invites others into their sphere, their sphere, uh, that they might enjoy the blessings of their wealth. And so the scripture says the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner. 
or a householder, but he, it is like a landowner. So that if you want to compare, what is the kingdom of heaven like? What is the rule of God in my life like? What is the rule of God that is God's rulership? What is it like? See, I, I remember uh, being young and, and always had a blessed life, but we didn't always have, we didn't live in opulence, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't just all over the place, but God always provided. God always provided everything for my family. And uh, I was thinking a few days ago, somebody was talking about un being unemployed. And I said, I've, I've been young and now I'm old and I've never been unemployed. Not, not, not at all. I've always had work. I've always had a job and work is a great blessing. And so, but in this story here, we're finding that God wants his people to know what heaven is like. He wants you to know uh, uh, what is available to you, not just later on, you know, after you pass this life, but you can have that reality right now in your life. God will provide for you, just like he did for the Lillian Thrasher orphanage. He will provide for you. There's just many amazing testimonies where, where the heaven came and expressed itself in an extraordinary way in the lives of its citizens, of its citizens. You and I are citizens of heaven. Amen. In Matthew chapter 20 and the first 16 verses, Jesus talks about a landowner or a householder. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And so if you're a landowner, you have to have wealth. And if you're going to hire somebody, you have to have means of payment. And so he wants you to know that whatever God requires of you, he has means of payment. He wants you to understand that. And so he says, now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went up out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, <clears throat> he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. <clears throat> beginning uh, with the last to the first. And I, I see this story and I'm, re I'm reminded of my own life, and I'm sure that some of you can see yourselves in this story because the, the, the owner was an extraordinarily generous man who had hired early in the morning everybody he needed to work his farm. But when he went out, he had enough, but he went out the, uh, at the third hour of the day, nine o'clock, he went out at 12 o'clock, and uh, then I think three o'clock, five o'clock, finding the other people and bringing them in. And uh, he starts now the payment with the last people. That is, there are some of you who have just become a part of this church this year, and we have 12 days in the year. But if Jesus were to give reward and blessings, he'll start with you first. And, uh, and he'll, he'll, he'll probably give you so much more. The rest of us think, wow, wait until I get there. You know? Because I know if he gave that person who's been here for 12 days all these blessings, he's going to give me so many, I just don't know. And so this story is about us and about attitudes that can creep in, into our lives. But he's showing us that now, in the first place, it was generous, it was wonderful of the landowner to hire people, period. It was just wonderful. I mean, you know, when they, we have businessmen in our community who, who uh, because of their ingenuity and their hard work, they produce something and then they give us jobs. And when they give you jobs, then you're not supposed to tell the owner what to do. I mean, it's not your business. My, my, my children used to say when they were little kids, you know, we, we played, I played a lot with my kids. I don't know if they remember that. But uh, they would say sometimes, not your beeswax. <laughs> not to me, but to each other. And so he called them, and he, he started with the, the last to the first. And verse 9 says, and when they, those came who were hired about the 11th hour, they each received a denarius. Wow. 
These other guys who had, been, who had agreed and bargained for a denarius is now waiting. If these guys who work one hour gets a denarius, I'm going to get five, six, seven, eight. I'm going to make out like a bandit. <laughs> but but uh, 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 it says, but when the first came, so, so they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more because everybody who had come late got a denarius. And they thought they would receive more, and they likewise received a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. So he's showing us that, that God is very generous, and whatever he gives you, he gives to you out of the generosity of his own heart. And so these guys were, were complaining. Now, when something good happens to somebody, as the kingdom of heaven is like this, when something good happens to somebody that you think does not deserve it, it's going to show your heart. It's going to show you what kind of spirit you have. Yeah, it's going to expose you. Now, all of us has been, every one of us has been exposed at some time or the other. No, nobody? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so they complained. So, and when they had received it, when they had received the denarius, they complained against the landowner. Well, why would they complain? Because they had agreed. And they were saying, these last men have worked only one hour. And you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. Well, they gave you a fair wage. What's your issue? The issue is the human heart. Because, listen what this landowner says. But he answered one of them and said, friend, I am doing you no wrong. You know, sometimes we have all these opinions and we think, well, this is right and this is, right, this is wrong and so forth. Opinions are endless, and I don't like to entertain too many opinions unless it's dealing with frivolity because they're just endless, and people will have uh, an opinion about things they don't have information about. They will. <laughs> it's true. Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. Now, now the landowner says, this belongs to you now. This denarius belongs to you, so take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? You know, sometimes with believers, and we're in the, they said the kingdom of heaven is like this. So what it means is, is that the generosity is there, and also the complaining is there. Sometimes we're, we're upset because somebody who came in last seemed to be ahead of us. The Lord gave me a word a number of years ago when we were in the shopping center, which I, I refused to call the church a, a storefront church. And... Uh, and, but he gave me a word that, that as the church grew, that there would be some who would come later and outdistance those who had been earlier. And I, and I see those things happening. And they happen because of the attitude that we have, or the attitudes that we have. So he says, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? The answer would be yes. Or is your eye evil because I am good? Now, you are, you are upset and angry because I am good, not because I've done wrong. And so God often does good things to people, and we get mad about it. Sometimes, because God didn't rescue us the first time we called out to him, then uh, we just said, well, I'm going to get my bags and leave. I'm going to leave God. He's not real. But that's not true. These things happen to expose all of us. Because there's, as somebody said very well, there is no disinfectant better than sunlight, S-U-N. says sunlight is the best disinfectant. Well, S-O-N light is the best disinfectant. Yeah, Jesus is the best disinfectant. And so he says, so the last will be first and the first last, Jesus says, for many are called but few are chosen. See, God the Father in this, in this story is the landowner. Yeah. 
The kingdom is like a landowner who hires workers at various times of the day. Their idleness touches his heart, therefore he brings them into his own bounty or his own riches. That's what God does. His idleness, all of our idleness has touched his heart. So he's brought us into the sphere of his own riches, his own bounty, because of his heart, not because of our need. That's what God does. It's because of his heart, not because of our need. And at the end of the day, or at pay time, the owner shows his nature and character. So you and I have seen the nature and character of God in our interactions with God on a daily basis. We have seen uh, his nature and character, but not like we're going to see it in the future. We're gonna, it's gonna be blown away. It's gonna be, he's gonna be so generous that you and I are gonna need immortal bodies to be able to handle it. Yeah. God is not waiting to give us immortal bodies because you want to hold out on us. We can't handle it. Remember the old Jack Nicholson, is it Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson line that says to the, the young uh, prosecutor, truth, you can't handle the truth, he says to him. Well, likewise, you and I cannot handle the fullness of the generosity of God. Paul gives us a little idea. He says, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the good things God has in store for those who love him. You can't handle it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so he shows his nature and character by paying all of those who stood idle out of his heart. He paid them out of his heart rather than by what they had earned. That's amazing. So the, the, you understand the kingdom of heaven. All of us have not earned, nor do we deserve, all the goodness that God has bestowed upon us. Amen. I mean, God has bestowed greatness yeah. upon us. He's call, he calls us sons of God. I mean, that's big stuff. Nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves the, the blessing of life as God has so given to us. So he wants you to know that the kingdom of heaven will also expose you, and it, it also brings great generosity to the believer, great generosity to the believer. And um, in and, and Matthew chapter 22, uh, beginning verse 2, Jesus talks about uh, a certain king. And so he, uh, the first one, he talked about a landowner. A, a man who had riches. Now, this king, we, we, we must assume that the king has riches. Yeah? The king has riches. Has riches. So let's read. The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Now, in, 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 in these stories, Jesus is speaking to a pri primarily a Jewish audience. He is preaching and he's giving them an understanding how uh, what is going to happen or what has happened or what was, be what was going on at the present time in their lives. So that's what Jesus was doing. He was illustrating to them uh, uh, who they were and what their response to God had been. And he says here that they were not willing to come. The king is inviting you to the palace for his son's wedding. Now, we must assume that the king is wealthy because usually they own everything and everybody else just renting. <laughs> but so, so it says here, Jesus is telling us he sent out the servant to invite, to call those, okay, it's time, so come, they were not willing to come. He's speaking of a human attitude. Have you ever been angry with God? You don't have to raise your hand. I don't know you have. Ever been angry with God and you're going to hurt God by going to hell? <laughs> Makes absolutely no sense. That's the condition of the human heart. And in this story, they're going to, I'm not, I'm not going to go. The king just asked you. I'm not going. These were absolute monarchs. 
if they said your head was going to roll, it was going to roll without the rest of your body. But they weren't willing to come. And a lot of times people believe just because God is so far away, up there in heaven somewhere, that he can't do what he says. And so Jesus is talking to them about it. It's so, so, so poignant. This is the kingdom of heaven. So he's a, he's, a, he's a wonderful king, obviously, because in verse 4, again, he sent out other servants saying, Tell those who are invited, see, I prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways. One to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But. Let's, let's don't go into but right now. Because the but is going to change the direction here. This is what we find. We find out the king's heart is a good one, is a generous one, because he's saying, wait, I've done all these things for you. And, and really, this is speaking, I think, specifically for the Jews, and it's speaking uh, generally for all the world. He says, I've done all these things for you. Come. I'm, I've sent my son. Jesus told us, he said, when they said, well, who is John the Baptist? Jesus said, it says, essentially, I will tell you who John the Baptist is. He is Elijah who was to come. In other words, if you will believe that he is Elijah, you will believe that I'm your Messiah, and we can get all this thing done right now. But they refused. They made light of it. They treated him spitefully. That's what people are doing today. When we preach Jesus, they want to say things like, well, how do I know? How do I know? I don't even know if there is a God. I say, you're proof that there's a God. Just ask yourself, what do you mean? You don't know if there's a God. I need proof. You are the proof. <laughs> so the, the kingdom of heaven brings us all of these amazing realities. And what you can do, you can gauge, quote, unquote, I said this to be a little jocular, but you can gauge your sanity by where you stand in these stories. <laughs> you can gauge something. Man, you know, we've got to be different and better. You know, sometimes we, we, we think that church or being a member of the church or, part, or just or, or the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is just something we got, kind of go through hoping things will be okay in the end. That's not the correct at all. Here, here they made light of what the king desired, what the king wanted, what the king was asking. Now, what does that look like to us? It looked like to them. They went to their own farm. They went to their business. They did whatever they wanted to do. So that means you do whatever you want to do. You know, if somebody comes in to visit you on Saturday, you stay home with them on Sunday. That's what it sort of means. You know, God is, is requiring that you would, would do something with your life that's different. He, asks, he says, come, I want you to live a sacrificial life. And you say, yeah, God, I have an opportunity to live a posh life. So why should I live a sacrificial life when I can live a posh life? You know, I want cushy, Jesus. You know, and so that's what it means. We do what we want to do. God calls you to, to Corpus Christi. You say, no, I want to live in San Francisco. You know, God says, okay, I'm, I'm going to uh, give you something to do uh, in a menial job. I'm going to give you, I want you to work in a menial job where you work with your hands and you get really dirty and you go, no, I, I didn't get all this education for that. You know, they made light of it and they went their own way. So you, did, you make up your own plans. You do what you want to do rather than asking God, what, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? Now, I've been tempted there. I remember when I, I'll tell you the story quickly. I remember after I graduated from college, it, it, the jobs were very hard to find. We didn't have 3.5% unemployment. And I was, it was, it was trying to find a job, and I couldn't find a job. And I did find one, but when they, the pay was terrible. And so I went to work in the oil field, and I used to gripe about it because I went to work, work as a laborer, and I didn't want my friends to know that I was a laborer. Many of them uh, had said, oh, oh Don Lavelle is, is, is one of the most likely to uh, succeed among us. And so, I mean, that's, I'm not making that up. Some of you think I'm making that up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, but but I, I, I spent many days on, on, the, on the wrong side of an ignorant stick. You know what an ignorant stick is? A shovel. 
I had that thing, I was doing that. You know, I'm doing that stuff, and then I, later on I did other things and finally just worked my way up. But I didn't know what in the world is God doing in heaven. I don't know what he's doing. I shouldn't be here. This should not be my lot. What am I doing here? I, my hands have calluses. What is God doing up there? God, this is me. You know? I, I, did, I, I did. I'm telling you, that's the truth. That's my prayers were like that. But you know what God was doing? God was humbling me. I didn't realize that I needed to be humble. I thought I was already humble. And God was humbling me until one day I, I said something like this. I'm not too good to do this. See, my father raised us to, that we were not too good to do any honest job, any honest work. And, but I had left that, you know, five years in the university, took that away. But I stood there with my hand on the shovel or, or the pipe wrench in my hand and the oil, the grease and stuff all over me. I said, I'm not too good for this. And this is what God wants you to know. Wherever God assigns you, you're not too good for that. You're not too good for that. Do whatever the king wants, but they made light. And then they didn't stop there. They treated his servants spitefully and even killed some. And this is what Israel kept doing. Now, now when I say these things in this particular climate, people would say, oh, well, this, this man is anti-Semitic. Not in any way. I'm not in any way. Because what you see in them, I see pervasively across the world in all of us. So here he says, but when the king heard about it, he was furious. And he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. They were not worthy. And so these times will show us whether we are worthy or not. Now, not worthy in that we have earned it, worthy in the fact that we just obey. Whether, whether, whatever God says, we just obey. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Whatever you want, Jesus. Yes, Lord. And we'll do that. Amen? Amen. And now, now listen to what he says. He says, then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready. But those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. So he just found everybody. Just, you know, sometimes we look at church, and I've heard people say, well, if this is church, I don't want any part of it. No, we could be saying that about you. It's true. There's not one of us without flaws. Now, there's a part of me that is not flawed. There's a part of you that is not flawed. But the other, we're working out. Right? And, and so we, we, we look at the story. It's amazing. He got bad and good. So in the church, you'll find bad and good. In the visible church, you'll find you have a... a, a an audience this size, you're going to find some bad folks. I don't know who you are, so don't be nervous. <laughs> I have no clue. He doesn't tell me those things. But he says he got bad and good. Now notice, notice. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? Because he brought bad and good into the, into the, he gathered bad and good. Well, he said, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And the guy was speechless. Then the king said to his servants, bind him man and foot. Take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so what Jesus in, in, in this story is showing us, he's showing us God. And so this man was provided a wedding garment. The king was so rich and generous, he had provided him a wedding garment. He provided everybody their wedding garments so they could all look good and royal. So he has provided us righteousness. That's how the righteousness of Christ is our wedding garment. There is no excuse for any of us saying, I'm unrighteous. Because he provided it. How did he provide it? He provided it through the death of his son. And so there's nobody here who will have excuse. Wow. And so this king had obviously, had obviously given all of his invitees advance notice of his son's wedding. It was not a surprise. 
All of them had time to prepare their lives to attend the wedding. They had time to, to get their calendars right. But their response showed that they cared nothing for their king nor his son. Their affairs were more important to them than their sovereign. What are you doing in life that is more important to you than God? God has first call on your life. He has first call on your husband, your wife. He has first call on your sons, your daughters. He has first call on your fathers and your mothers. He has first call. You can't love anybody more than him. There's no reason to be angry with God for something that, that God allowed or God did, whichever your faith can handle. But if God allowed, you know, your, your loved one to be taken, I, I went through, uh, I've gone through those things many times with loved ones. I, I told you how, how, how really delirious I was for a moment or two once when my mom got sick in 2006. 2006 in February, she called and said, son, I'm, I'm very sick. She said, but I don't, I don't want to go yet. I want to stay and do some more things. And uh, she, she did. And so I just went to God. You know, I said to God, would y'all forgive me if I tell you? Yeah. you don't, now, now, who won't forgive me? I won't tell my story. <laughs> so so I, I, I said to Jesus, I called him. I got up down the place. I said, hey, don't you bless my mom? <laughs> Can you believe I said that? I must have been insane. But I said it. <laughs> I said it for a moment, don't you mess with my moment now. What can I do? Number one, I can't do anything about it because death, life and death is not in, in my hands. It's, it's in his hands. And, and secondarily, maybe, maybe even primarily, he loves her more than I could ever. I never died for mom. He died for mom. So don't mess with my mom. What was that about? I, listen, I got over it. I'm just saying, you know, we, we have all kinds of human emotions. But their affairs were more important than those of their sovereign. And whenever your affairs are more important than God, what God wants, it shows you your unworthiness. It showed their unworthiness to be a, a part of such a, a wonderful occasion. Therefore, the king sent his servants out to the highways with the message that the king was inviting them to his son's wedding. There would be amazing food, atmosphere, and even royal clothing would be provided. In this story, one man, of course, as I, we read, was obviously did not conform to this prestigious occasion and thought to come without conforming to the dignity of the royal court. And sometimes, and especially today, we just feel like we can approach God any kind of way. You know? Are you with me? You know, we, we, we don't... We don't know what normal is anymore. You know, there are some good things we should conform to. You know, we ought to conform to righteous behavior. Be, be conformed to it. Be shaped by righteous behavior. You know, sometimes you ought to look better. You ought not look the same every time. This guy thought he could just come in in his own. Do, hey, man, this is just me. I could just hear it. This is just me. Well, just me is going to get cast out. That's what it shows you. That's what it shows you. Are you still with me? <laughs> so you want to conform to this prestigious occasion. You want to come in, violate the dignity of the royal court. And so when you and I, we, you and I see Jesus, we see, we, we see God the Father, we will be robed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ forever and ever and ever. We will not be cast out because we're sons of the kingdom of God. And these things should encourage you every day of your life to live the kingdom of heaven right here on this planet. Hallelujah, somebody. I like the fact that straightway he was removed from the wedding hall because he refused to wear the garment provided. We must put on the righteousness of Christ. No excuses will be tolerated. Now let me go to the last one. My last point is Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven is like. My subject is the key kingdom of heaven is like. Okay, we can say a landowner. The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king. Now, the kingdom is, of heaven is like a certain man. 
but they are all wealthy. They're all wealthy. So he wants you to know that wealth is no problem with God. Generosity is, no, is not a problem with God. That God is wealthy enough to do whatever you ask. We could all ask God for, a, a, say, for a billion of wealth, whatever, not necessarily dollars, but of, of things, and God would not nearly be bankrupt in giving us all. It wouldn't even come close. Nah, no, nah, not, not at all. So God is, is more than able. We sang that song today, and I'm going to get finished in a minute because I want to hear that again. In Luke 14, verses 16 through 23, it talks about a certain man. And so I believe that Jesus is giving us real examples here. And he says, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many, invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. And so, so, so when supper time came, he invited them. He invited them to the dinner because they had already been invited. You know, uh, back home when I grew up in East Texas, it was, it was very interesting. You know, you invite somebody to something, and they say, I'll try to come. I said, write them off your list right now. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, South Texas, we don't, we, I don't think we're like that. We just come without invitation. <laughs> Bring everybody, you know. <laughs> it's okay, too. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But, but so they were invited. Come, for all things are now ready. So the kingdom of heaven is like this. And, and what you find in, in, the, in these stories are all the same is that when the time came, the invitation was sent out and you had to be ready to respond. Yes, amen. Well, yes. well so procrastinators, be careful. Yes. You know, you put procrastinators, all right. Well, I'll get around to it. There was a man one time gave me a, a little round thing, a little, like a little piece of wood, and it was round. And he, 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 called, he wrote on it to it. T-U-I-T, to it. And, and, and I said, what is this? You, you don't know what this is? He said, that's a round to it. <laughs> I'll get around to it. <laughs> so he said to them, come, all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. I remember as a, as a young preacher, I preached the message once, excuses don't satisfy God. They began to make excuses. So whatever excuses we have made for not obeying God, they don't hold water. So stop making them. God's not going to accept them. The kingdom of heaven is like these people who make excuses. So that means that as many as we have here today, some of us are excuse makers. That's what he's saying. Some of us are excuse makers. Now, you don't have to raise your hand and jump and shout. You can just say, just put, bow your head and say, Lord, be merciful to me, an excuse maker. You can do that, and God will hear you. Wow. Are you still with me? But they all, they all, they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. <laughs> Man, you understand, right? So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Amen. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. And so I, I, think, I think what we're seeing here 
and I've seen this a lot in my life. I've seen people who, who have grown up, they've grown up in the, in the church or in a, in a godless, godly atmosphere, and they are some lazy about it. I don't know if they just figured that, that oh, uh, uh, I'm like the Israel did. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a child of Abraham, son, seed of Abraham. <laughs> hey, I know I'm saved. And John the Baptist looked at him and said, God is able for the, to, to, from these stones to make seeds, raise up children to Abraham. Are you with me? Yes. Yes. So these people, these people were, were excuse makers. Yes. Look, look, they were, but God says, I'm going to bring in people who, who are not who you are. I'm going to bring in people. I'm going to bring in them from the streets and the lanes. Let me tell you quickly, having grown up in the church, and, and, and listen, I, uh, I've made my mistakes. I've, I've been upset with God because he didn't do something I didn't want him to do and tried to run away from him. Thank God I couldn't run away from him. I ran into him everywhere I went until I just gave up. And I'm so glad that God did not just say, well, you want to go, go. God didn't do that. And, and there's help for you who are here today too. And if you've had these attitudes, you can be rid of them today. And if your children have these attitudes, you just believe that, that, that if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, he will save you, you and your household. You know, he has done it before. He'll do it again. He's not partial. He is not partial. He will save your children. Your, whatever your little, your little boy or your little girls all, all knotted up and thinking they can resist God, oh, one little tap from God will deal with that. You just keep believing God. So, so he went out into the highways and the hedges. I want to say that I remember a number of years ago, we were a little fledgling church, you know, the Johnsons and the Macs were here, and uh, uh, maybe a few others were here and was the, soon after the Lavelles came. And, uh, but there were, we, were, we were fledgling, and everybody looked really, really the same in a, in a sense, not necessarily in complexion, but we were pretty much the same, same kind of rules, pretty clean cut. And somebody prophesied that we were going to have people to come in here with blue hair, and, and, and they said, really, seriously, blue hair, and they're going to be tooed up, tattooed, and, and everything. And it, it seemed like, a, like a, it was a foreign thing. No, Really? So yeah, they're going to have all kinds. They're going to have piercings and everything. And man, lo and behold, it happened. Yeah. yeah. That's what this scripture is talking about. That's what this scripture is talking about. This is the kingdom of heaven. It has all of that. We had a brother in there uh, who was crying in, in, the, in the guest room. He, he was tattooed from maybe his head down. And, and when he came in there, elders were hugging him. We were all saying, hey, we're so glad you're here. Wow. I remember the day the church would say, you can't be saved with all that. Get out of here. Oh, I remember that. And some of you do. You know, but, but we were hugging him, and he just broke down crying. So why are you crying? So our elder said to him, he, he said, because, because I look like this. He said, well, look, I don't have any tattoos, and you accept me? And the guy just boohooed. Why? This is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, y'all didn't want to act right. Not, not you, not you. But he's speak, <laughs> speaking, to his, he's speaking to his audience. You didn't want to act right. And he said, he said I'm going to bring in everybody. I'm going to bring in the good and the bad, everybody. And they're not going to look like you. But my house is going to be filled. Paul tells us in, in 1 Corinthians 1, 26, he says, For you see your, your calling, brethren, not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Micah 4, 6 and 7 says, In that day, says the Lord, I will assemble the lame. I will gather the outcast and those whom I've afflicted. I will make the lame a remnant and the outcast a strong nation. I'm, I'm here today preaching the gospel here and around the world, not because I'm of noble birth, because I was a nobody. God takes nobodies and makes them somebody. The kingdom of heaven is filled with this stuff. It's filled with enigmas. It's filled with this. And so you and I must open our hearts to the Lord and do whatever he wants. The kingdom of heaven is like, so now that we know what the kingdom of heaven is like and we know that we are citizens of heaven, let's walk it out. Let's walk it out.
I, I want to ask a question. You may continue to stand. I would like to ask a question wherever you are in the room. If you heard the word of God today and you're not a believer, I want you to, to say, Pastor, I want to be a believer. I want you to raise your hand wherever you are. Wherever you are. Okay, I see your hand, ma'am. Now, now, help me to see the hand. I see, and I see your hand, ma'am. Do I see a hand over to the left? Is there anybody? You're not a believer, but you want to be a believer today? Please, is, is there anybody over there? Is there anybody in this section? You, 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 you're not a believer. Would you raise your hand and say, I want to receive Jesus today? Would you do that? Would you be bold enough to do that? Jesus will, will gather you. He says, I'm going to make a strong nation out of people just like you. Amen. And the nation is the kingdom of, of heaven. That's the nation. Anybody here? You, sir, are you standing? Super. No, you're not for the other reason. Anybody here want to give the heart to Jesus? Anybody? I hope I'm not threatening like I see you, baby. Anybody else? Anybody? Everybody saved over here? Everybody saved? Wow. Those of you who raised your hand, would you mind standing up where you are? I want you to pray with me. I saw some hands. Somebody else there. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah, thank you for standing. I want to thank you for standing because this is a good thing. I, I, sister Lori, I want you to go with our young sister. She's going to be our sister in a minute. Sister Shia, I see you. Sister Grace, come on, y'all. All of y'all. Yeah. Anybody else you, you want to stand? Anybody that know Jesus? Anybody? All right. Okay. Let us pray. For, I, I want you, both of you, to pray. And just say to Jesus, you can say my words are your words. Say, God, dear God, forgive me for my sins. Make me a new person. I believe the word of God that was taught today. I believe that Jesus told this story for my benefit. And now I want to receive Jesus into my heart. I want to accept your provision for me. In this story, food and accommodations were the provision. But the story that I need is Christ. And I receive him. Thank you for saving me, for forgiving me of my sins, making me a new person. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.